So this is our possibility of as beings, liberation of chitta, liberation of heart or mind or awareness, whatever terms seem relevant. Mm. And one uh, set, little set of teachings in the Satipatthana teachings is one knows the chitta as affected by qualities such as greed or love or hatred or joy. One knows the chitta contracted or expanded, uplifted, cast down, scattered, whatever. One knows it internally, one knows it externally. And uh, as I, this internal external, as I said, is often sense as being other people. Um, I don't know how many of you can actually read the minds of other people. Uh, I can imagine them, but that's just my perspective. And most of the time, it's a guess. But I do know I can check my mind's behaviour, how it manifests externally when it gets urgent or panicky or forceful or faltering or wounded or guilty I can sense I can watch I contemplate the behaviors of the chitta it comes out in the way I speak where I see the world all that is gets colored the external the chitta manifests externally in terms of behavior I don't just mean physical action I mean the way I regard you know so when we feel for example our chitta feels guilty or frightened, we look around and we see all terrible things to be frightened of. Yeah. Uh, we can look into the past and think of all the terrible things I might have done wrong or whatever. That's external. Internally, you feel the sense of uh, sinking, agitation, groundlessness. It's internal. Yeah. Internal is the essence, if you like. Of what the chitta's feeling and external is what the chitta's doing and you can certainly track those uh, and to do so is considered liberating <laughs> uh, because this is a way that you get perspective yeah mm -hmm. And it's a way of training. Why is it that we regard qualities such as greed or aversion, delusion as unskillful, as things we wish to discard, not, not do, not have? And yet, by and large, you see these kinds of behaviours are happening all the time. You know, there's a lot of greed going on. A lot of enticement for greed. You know, advertising entices greed. Propaganda entices hatred. Entertainment incite delusion. And people are externally, that's external qualities, people are submerged in this kind of input. This is why we do need to take refuge um, externally. We have find a quiet place. Find a quiet situation, establish a shrine, 
externally, internally, the feeling of the sacred, your life is precious, contemplate what's happening for you, prioritize how you're, how you're sensing, don't concern yourself with what you look like, how you're doing, how well you're performing, how good you are at your work, put all that aside, focus, get the refuge internally, where you are now, you have to bless it and encourage it. All right? Make a refuge, make a refuge, the Buddha says, make a refuge for yourself, with clear attention, make a refuge. If you go for refuge, if you make a refuge for yourself, it is impossible that you can go to an unfortunate place, a hell realm, an animal realm. Mm. And people do don't make refuges for themselves, do go to these unfortunate places, animal behaviour. We call it animal behaviour, just gross sensuality, addiction to sensuality, impulsive, and so forth. I don't think animals are necessarily doing that. <laughs> but we call that animal behaviour, hungry ghost behaviour, constantly needing more and more and more and more and more, 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 never satisfied, because they haven't taken refuge internally, haven't established it. They don't really, really know that these things are painful. Hmm. Maybe they think these things are illegal, so they don't want to get seen doing it, or socially unacceptable, so they don't want to own up to it, but they don't really know it, the, the effect of it. You know, how could you be, say, you know, a, a, a dictator and, you know, bring around the destruction of life of many people if you really knew and felt the pain and the suffering and the hellishness of that kind of mind. You couldn't do it. So basically you shut it off. And people can shut this off. You can shut off the internal internal aspect of the mind. If you're a soldier, you have, you have to shut it off. Because you couldn't kill somebody you don't know unless you, you know, you close that down. It's called brutalising people. And so this is certainly something that happens and is even encouraged. People lose awareness of what's happening for them internally. Yeah. And that certain point in which if you can get away with that, if you can lie your way out of it, if you can not be seen, you act in unskillful ways. Or if you've got enough power, you act in unskillful ways, nobody's going to Nobody can do anything about it anyway. You don't really know the effect. You know? So important to bring the internal aspect of the mind. Taking the precepts is an external thing. Feeling the quality of conscience and concern and sensitivity and the joy of an upright mind. The joy of integrity. That's the internal you have to have both of them, otherwise you're just following rules, which is better than not following, but it's not, it doesn't give you happiness. So there's a lot to be said for this, because if we take any of these Dhamma practices and internalise them, you know, really internalise them, I'm sitting not so I can meditate, I'm sitting because I feel good. It makes me feel more whole and complete. Yeah. Now, I'm refraining from deceiving or manipulating. 
because I feel cleaner and straighter like that. Mm. Of course. Yeah. So internal external. And the fact is that there's this could be some loss of awareness of that internal. And of course, there is a certain amount of confusion, defilement, or ignorance about our chitta. We we tend to lose it, not be aware of it, have blind spots in it. This means we get we get overwhelmed with feelings or with energies or with emotions. We can't manage it. We suddenly find ourselves really angry or really frightened or really feeling we've been let down. And that internal feeling just wells up and takes over our world. So often you've got to check it. Is that really the case? Or is it just internal, not actually in line with what's happening externally? It's just my interpretation. And bringing the two together. Yeah. And so important when we practice that naturally, because of what we're in, both in terms of our social input, if you like, our history, our karmic history, where there is some probably some sore spots, some damaged spots, some blind spots. And you can't just anguish and agonise over that. The pragmatic healing of full awareness of this experience. We do feel depressed. You know, we do feel unhappy. Okay. And so something says you shouldn't be or try to do something about it or cheer up or be happy. No, that's not right. That's not, that's the wrong voice. <laughs> that's the wrong voice. It's cruel to expect people to be happy all the time. <laughs> Just so everybody looks good. <laughs> you know, like they do in the movies. Uh, so... When we come across some of our disorder, our discord, our sadness, our stuckness in our, in our mind, what do we do about that? What's our response? That the doing mind wants to do something. And I'm suggesting that the doing mind is really refers to external. You can stop drinking. You can switch the phone off, you can say I'm sorry, you can do external things that will be helpful. You cannot do internal things because doing is not an internal function. It's an external function, right? You understand? Doing is associated with what I project. Instead, we come to the receptive, which is more feeling, balancing, opening. It's a kind of doing, but it's not that directive doing. It's more a embracing, holistic comprehension or full awareness, as the Buddha expressed, sampajanya, full awareness. So we're fully aware, 
say, what's the good point about being fully aware of feeling anxious and frightened? Doesn't sound like a very good idea at all. Well, be fully aware means you're aware this is this is the feeling, this is the energy, this is the mood. But what is not there is an owner, a, a person, a self. The mood, the energy, those experiences, that's there, but the me isn't there. Instead, there's a quality of knowing, aware, holding it. And if we've used, made that awareness our refuge, our Buddha, if you like, an internal Buddha, perhaps we could say, why don't you trust this? Hmm? So, okay, so now I'm aware, not just kind of briefly aware, but sustained aware. This is the quality of feeling sad, anxious, lonely. Forget the labels, forget the words. There are no words on that experience. What's happening? Shivering, sinking, pulsing. Okay. Keep expanding. How is that in your body? Where is it in your body? Do you have a body? <laughs> because the nature of it is so often we get absorbed we don't even realise we have a body, an external body, first of all. You're sitting still. Feel that sense of the stillness, fully aware, expanding your awareness to include external body. External body doesn't complain, doesn't judge, doesn't identify sense of simple stillness and you begin to sense oh there is some contraction in my chest, in my throat, why don't I ah, become receptive to that and open that sensing the body internally is breathing. So we move into a holistic awareness. There's embodiment. The mind, the heart is now fully embodied. Why don't we stay with this? Is this the truth? Once it's the truth, as I've been suggesting, the mark of what's really true for you is what is embodied. The rest of it is theory and notion. So let's get fully with the anxious body. How far does that go? A lot of energy in the face, maybe in the throat. What about the arms? 
hands, the fingers, the feet, the back. What about the end of an exhalation and the beginning of an inhalation? Fully aware. And now we begin to know this condition, this state, is stressful, not self, not mine. It's a form, a form, a state, a form. And my awareness can realize a fuller, more complete, more authentic, more balanced form than this unsatisfactory, afflicted form, which is like a wave or a wrinkle or a tension within a fuller form, form of being. So in this way, we've not just discarded the emotion, we've not shifted it, We've not said, oh, it's just an emotion, let it pass. We've stayed with it. And we've widened to really know this is a form. Chitta takes forms. The angry chitta, the exuberant chitta, the firm, decisive chitta, the wavering, uncertain jitta, the loving, comforting jitta, they're all slightly different forms, aren't they? All of them must be welcome because they will all happen. If you don't receive them in awareness, if you don't receive your anxiety, your irritation in awareness, what occurs is something called splitting. Splitting means you split off from it. You kind of, oh well, it's his fault, it's well, and me and you get created. And, you, and that split stays as a kind of scar. an unresolved split and people do this a lot if you can't resolve these mental states you split off from them and they just stick there like pieces of debris in your heart cluttering the joyfulness cluttering the freshness and people do this like all kinds of resentments and agitations and fears and regrets and wish I hadn't been and what did she think about me and he was a bad guy just stuck there <laughs> and you keep busy to get away from it all the things I've done wrong just stuck there the things I never I was never good at that's all stuck there the feeling of failure that's stuck there and I just keep doing something to get away from it Fill myself with something to get busy with because I don't want to meet the loneliness. Yeah, 
hurt or whatever it was. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it's not fun. <laughs> but do we want to heal or not? You gotta, if you want to heal, you've got to take the bandage off. <laughs> and it's not just why, because we. I, I don't want to just go into that terrible state again. Absolutely. You don't want to go into that. Don't go into it. Don't go into it. Hold it as a form in your embodiment. Everybody gets this. Remember, everybody gets this. Everybody has this. There's nothing specifically you about it. So, and the courage to be fuller, wider in your awareness of that and get into your body because your embodiment will act as a refuge to hold it, contain it and also to let it say what it has to say without being censored or fixated upon as a final truth. It just has to be said and it can go. And sometimes it doesn't say things verbally, it just says things as an emotion moves. A feeling of, oh, I was, you know, whatever I was, wounded or hurt person, that hurt person finally walks out of your heart. They find you finally say enough, they've gone. But they don't walk out if you don't open up to them. They just stay there grumbling <laughs> in the background. Hmm? Again, if we just say, okay, that's a mind state, it's impermanent, it's not self go back to the breath or whatever, that's understandable. Maybe that's necessary at times, you can't manage it. But the teaching doesn't say that. It says knowing it fully in itself. This is the way the final and the complete practice for the resolution when we begin to discover that our behaviour, our sort of impatience or our willfulness, you know, and you start to check your behaviour, think, you know, how, realise, you can't bathe a baby like washing a car, you know, so if you're always grinding away at things, <laughs> you're not picking up the external properly, are you? You shouldn't clean your teeth like you're scrubbing a floor. <laughs> So, you, got, you know, yet we can get locked into one of these kind of firm, get it done behaviours as a form, because that's the form that's encouraged. Be effective, be efficient, therefore scrub your teeth like you're scrubbing a floor. No, you get locked into that. So, you, OK, that may have been necessary to scrub a floor, but you're not scrubbing floors all the time. Know that form, that feeling of getting things done, how attractive that form is getting things done, a very attractive form. Don't be deceived by it. It's a form. It's not a refuge. Yeah. 
being nice and relaxed, that's nice, but that's a form too. <laughs> you know, there's time to be firm. There's time to be, how do you know? How do you know what to do? You know by staying embodied and letting your own heart sense what feels right or in balance now. What feels in balance? She's talking, he's talking, they're talking. I think it's time for me quiet and listen. Yeah. He's agitated, she's stressing, whatever. It's time just to. Okay, let's just, you know, take some time out. People aren't listening, it's time to say, come on, guys, let's get together, can we? Everybody okay? You know? So it's this balancing. You're doing that externally and internally. That flexibility comes through understanding these mindsets, mind states, mind forms, fully embracing them, aware of them, completing the fulfillment of awareness by embodying it until there's no more reaction, no more reaction to it. Takes a while. In that process, you don't just calm, you also begin to see what it's based upon. What's that mindset based upon? I don't, I'm not behaving like it all the time, but in some situations that happens. What's it based on? The perception I am inadequate, I am the one who has to do a lot, I am that perception, that little self has to be heard, listened to, allowed to walk out, the, overwhel the overworked self, the over-responsible self, the one who's always got to do more than they can do in order to be accepted. Ooh, that sounds difficult. Anybody have any of those? <laughs> oh, for your welfare and happiness, for your welfare and happiness and for the welfare of others, can you hold that in full awareness until it, she, he decides to walk away? They've had enough, they've finished. No pushing, no cutting off. This is massive. This is where true compassion and kindness is generated and fulfilled. Wisdom and calming go together. Results internal, results are external. One's own welfare, the welfare of others. For this sake, for this purpose, the Buddha said, of all things to contemplate, all things to pay attention to, the only thing that you really need to understand is your own jitta, 
elusive, slippery, evasive, difficult to grasp. This is your life work, your life practice and the joy of your life when you fulfil it. So I offer this for your reflection today.